Hi, friends. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events podcast. And in this week's episode, we are so excited to be hosting Christy Osborne, who's going to share all of her extensive knowledge about Google Analytics and how we can use them as busy business owners to help us grow our business. Christy has so much knowledge to share. Mary and I both came with a lot of tangible tidbits, so I'm very excited for you to listen to this episode. Before we jump into it, I do want to remind you, if you're liking what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and or send us a message if you have any suggestions for future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We are thrilled to be with you this week along with our wonderful guest, and we are going to introduce our guest in a little bit, but first we have our topic for today. So today we're going to be talking about marketing better with Google Analytics. So this episode is perfect for event industry pros, busy creatives, just kind of get your brains thinking about marketing and how you can utilize Google Analytics better. So now I'd love to introduce our guest that we have with us today. We have Christy Osborne and Christy owns Mountainside Media, which is a marketing agency that specializes in ads, analytics, and market research. She is a proud data nerd who uses marketing data and research to develop scalable strategies for busy event pros. Simply put, Christy has a passion for turning data into dollars. This is what gets her clients off the marketing hamster wheel and on the path to sustainable marketing success. So as a top event industry educator, Christy frequents the national speaker circuit and is a regular contributor to top industry publications, including NACE, WIPA, The Special Event, and CaterSource. She is also a highly sought after podcast guest, which means we are so glad to have you on this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I, I love this podcast. I've listened to a couple of the um, episodes that you had that were recent with other guests. And I love it that you handle a variety of events, including like nonprofit and festivals and sporting events. And that's just my jam. I love it. Well, thank you. Thanks yeah. for listening to us too. That's great. It just, it just makes this even better. So super happy to have you here. And with your bio, was there anything that we forgot or anything else that you wanted to call out about yourself? No, I think that covers it short and sweet. I'm always okay. embarrassed when my bio is read because I'm like, do people really <laughs> care about this? Like, let's get into the meat. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's nice. It always sets the stage for the listener. Yeah. And, you know, another thing we like to always tell our audience is like why we asked you here, Christy. And, um, we're very excited because she comes highly recommended by a friend of the pod, Megan Ely from episode 23, all about surprise and delight. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. We also love the idea of growing your business online and through social media promotions, but I feel like a lot of small business owners and event pros just don't know where to start or they get overwhelmed. And so I know I'm personally excited to learn from Christy today uh, because most of us aren't full-time marketers. It's like something that we have to do in addition to doing the work of our job and um, we're all about tangible tips here on the Better Events Pod. So, Christy, we love to start kind of from the very beginning with our listeners. So I know we said we're going to talk about 
um, Google Analytics. So can you first describe what Google, Google Analytics are and how do you see it applying for event professionals or small business owners? Yeah, so Google Analytics is a platform that helps you measure your website's performance. And it has a lot in there. So a lot of people don't like using it because you, you get in there and there's 186 reports and they all say something different. You're like, what does all this mean? And how do I use it? And I just want to go back to being an event professional. Most event professionals, if they have developed a website with a professional, that professional will install a little piece of code uh, called Google Analytics that links your website to this platform. And in that particular platform, you can see all sorts of things about where your traffic is coming from. You can see some, you know, high level metrics around how long they're staying on your site and what kinds of pages that they are looking at. And somebody like me, who's an analyst, can take those reports and tell you how well your website is doing to book clients. That's so valuable. And I have to say, when you mentioned that Google Analytics can seem overwhelming, I was like, yes, absolutely. Because I have been back there um, with my brother who does some SEO. And even then, when he was trying to explain it to me, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I just, it's too much and I can't figure out how to look at it. And so this, I'm so glad we're talking. <laughs> well, it's terrible, right? It's all like tables. It's, it's essentially looking at spreadsheet after spreadsheet after spreadsheet and who in the event industry loves spreadsheets, like zero people. Well, maybe some people, but I, I kind of <laughs> love spreadsheets, but I don't know. I like ones that organize my event, not necessarily my website. <laughs> right. Right. So, so I, as a matter of course, in my business, I generally, when I am working with event professionals for the first time, we really narrow what we're looking at. Um, to the metrics and reports that are going to allow us to make the next best decision for the business. And honestly, that really ends up being a handful of reports, maybe five to seven reports that we look at. And for the, the other, you know, 177 reports in there, we ignore them because they're not going to add any value to our discussions about what, what we should be doing to market the event, to market the business, to, to do whatever we need to do. So I'm looking at a handful of reports and I'm thinking about, you know, what is the next best step that this business can take to attract more clients or attract more attendees or do better with marketing or sales or whatever it is, whatever the question is that that business owner has. So that's what you kind of mean when you say, I think it was in your bio and you said turning data into dollars. So you're, you're, using the data that you see and coming up with um, ideas and actionable items that you can do to actually turn that into dollars, change your habits and things like that. Is that kind of what you're referring to when you say that? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. And so, and so to your point, right? Like I'm looking at Google analytics and I'm trying to figure out like, where's the money. I'm also trying to figure out where, where might the money be leaking? Are there any, you know, are there any problems where we're we're attracting the right people and we're attracting web traffic and for some reason they're not doing what we want them to do? So yeah, it only takes about five reports. That, that's encouraging. Not 180 again, as I think is a busy event professional 
that that just seems overwhelming. But what would your advice be if you have a, a event pro who's asking like, how do I know if I'm attracting the right people to my website? Or my yeah, that's media. that is the question. That's like the number one question anybody who's accessing or using Google Analytics should ask. Like, am I attracting the right traffic? And generally, for events, they happen in a place, and so you want to make sure that the website traffic that you're attracting relates to the place where you're having the event. Now. Sometimes that's local. So if you're having a, an event in New York City and you're a nonprofit organization and you're an NYC, you're you're going to want to make sh you want to make sure that the bulk of your tra traffic is coming from New York City. The end. And if you're getting a lot of weird traffic from California and Texas, you have a problem with something in the way that you're attracting that web traffic. So now, and I want to just like just pause to highlight what's going on as I'm talking about this, you go into Google Analytics with a question. You say, am I getting qualified traffic? You look at a report. In this case, it's the geography report. And you have an answer. Qualified traffic comes from NYC. You look at the report and you find either qualified traffic comes from that location or not. If it does not come from NYC, now you're starting to ask different questions or more questions. So one question that's, you know, natural is where is it coming from? You look at the report again, it's coming from California. Why is it coming from California? Now you're going to have to look at a different report, right? That might be your referral report under the behavior tab. And you're trying to figure out like, like what, what other website is sending all this traffic to from California? Is it organic search? Is it social media? Is it some sort of random website? But now you're starting to form a picture of what's going on. And if you have a clear picture of what's going on, you can correct it more easily. Whereas if you didn't know what was going on, just that you're getting bad traffic, because you're not looking at your Google Analytics, you might start calling you know, a social media manager to better market your event because you don't realize that it's not a social media problem, it's a bad traffic problem. Mm -hmm. So by looking at Google Analytics, not only can you start to answer some questions about how well your website and marketing is performing, but that next best step helps to guide who you're gonna hire to get help, what kind of actions you're gonna take, and just right off the bat, we've asked four questions and looked at two reports. So the scope gets narrow really fast and the insights you get out of narrowing that scope become much more powerful. That's awesome. Super, super valuable, right? That automatically kind of proves it that it can be so valuable. And um, when it comes to the analytics, how often would you say someone should be kind of going back there and checking them out? How long does it take for like a trend to show? Yeah, that's a great question too. You guys are full of good questions. So basically, um, you want to be looking at your Google Analytics once a month. That's what most people do. And you want to you want to be considering two things. You want to consider your month over month metrics, whatever you're looking at, traffic, quality of traffic, where referrals are coming from, and also with events because they tend to be seasonal or episodic. You also want to look at year over year comparisons.
So a good example is we have a, a food and wine festival in Mammoth Lakes that I used to um, market. So you would get no traffic, no website traffic, no social media engagement until April because it was a July event. So doing a month over month comparison between March and April wouldn't make sense because every year there's low traffic in March. So if you're doing an event that's episodic or you're doing a yearly event, you definitely want to do those, those year over year comparisons. Other than monthly checking in on your analytics, you also want to be monitoring your analytics maybe a little bit more frequently if you're actually running campaigns. So as you're ramping up with that event, you start sending your email campaigns, you start maybe doing some social ads or you or anything like that, you're going to want to be checking in with a little bit more frequency. You could be checking in weekly in a case like that. I feel like if you're checking in daily, you're not going to get good insights because you're just going to freak yourself out and, you know, things are going to change day to day. If you hire somebody new, if you hire an analyst or an ads manager like me, if you hire uh, an email marketing person, if you hire an SEO, any other contractor or vendor in the marketing space um, for the first handful of months that you're working on campaigns with that person, you also want to monitor your analytics. And the trick to this is actually having some things that you want to accomplish. So maybe you want to get more um, website traffic from social channels. And so you talk to your contractor about that. You say, the goal of our relationship together is more traffic from social channels. I'm going to be monitoring my Google Analytics to make sure that that is happening. And then you look at those weekly or every other week for the first you know, handful of months you work with that contractor so that you can understand, A, if it's effective and, and call out every, any problems you see and fix them early and quickly. Um, and B, if it's not working for you, you understand that it isn't, why it isn't, and then you can uh, end that relationship with that vendor. I think that's so important what you just said, Christy, about having a metric for success. This is something we talk about with, you know, any event you're doing, even a, you know, a wedding there is, you want your, you want to have a great time, your attendees want to have a great time, whatever it is. Um, and I think that's so important when thinking about your marketing. And I'm also as like a business owner, if I had a metric I was going for, like a goal of some form, I feel like that would help uh, What as we talk about it being so overwhelming to kind of just start to see that impact. You talked a little bit about Google ads or online ads in general. And I will say I'm a little bit of a skeptic. So I would just love your take on how you feel like do uh, online ads and Google ads, like does it, does it generally work? Yeah. You know, I, folks that know me have worked with me and have done strategy calls with me know that I don't necessarily recommend or not recommend any kind of marketing strategy. It depends. And this is how I got into Google Analytics, because when I was working with Mammoth Lakes Tourism, small town, um, high profile DMO, and people would just come up to me like in the supermarket and say, you know what you should do? You should do this on Facebook or you should do this on the website. And I'm, I'd be like, you know what you should do? You should just let me buy my ice cream and and send me an email oh like gosh. a like a normal person, right? Like, <laughs> And so, so I actually got into analytics for out of a survival instinct. And, and, and what I have found is ads are not for everybody. And just like any other marketing tactic, any marketing tactic, ads, organic social, website, inbound marketing, lead magnet marketing, email marketing, whatever, it all boils down to 
hitting the right audience with the right message at the right time. And timing is so important for events. And if you, you know, if you can do those things and you have the budget and the time to spend on ads, then we can set up some tests to see if ads are right for you. But if you're skeptical about ads, I'm not, I'm not here, you know, I'm not here to convert people into to, to doing ads. It doesn't matter what you do ads, organic, whatever, you want to you want to be able to track it. And then you get to decide for you as an event professional whether or not that particular platform is right for you. I think that's awesome. I um I practiced running an ad. I I put kind of like a a low budget on it um on Facebook. I ran Facebook ads just cuz I wanted to see kind of what happened. And I know that there's a lot of stuff that goes into that which like maybe I didn't put enough money towards like a like a pay-per-click rate and things like that. So Let's just say that I probably didn't quite do it right, okay? But I also didn't see a return. And so when I think of Google ads, I, I'm like, I would say I'm less skeptical about Google ads than maybe other other forms. I don't know. Those seem really, really interesting to me and something that I would love to try. So I just wanted to say that this is like reinvigorating me to actually go down that route and then hopefully actually do it right this time too. That's another thing. <laughs> well, so in kind of like... Analytics becomes a really important aspect to advertising and figuring out if you're getting the, the ROI, right? Ad platforms have been notoriously, notorious, notorious for lying, lying to folks. And luckily, there have been a lot of social media ad changes that we're all familiar with at this point. Luckily, I could see discrepancies in what I was seeing in analytics and what I was seeing on the ad side. And I have been uh, marrying the two and using both at both reporting platforms for years before Meta came out and said, uh, our algorithms destroyed. So start using Google Analytics to track your ads instead, right? Like, but the 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 point I wanted to make to you, and, and this becomes a little bit of a, a point of friction for folks, because it's not super easy all the time. And you might need a little help with this, either from the University of YouTube or from a professional like me. But your ability to track ROI from ad spend really depends on how how you need to set up what's called a conversion goal in Google Analytics. And there's all sorts of ways to do this. And it depends on what you're using. And if you're using a third-party platform and how, you know, if you're using Google Tag Manager and all the things. It's, it used to be very easy. Now it's a little bit more complicated. But when you go into Google Analytics to set up that conversion goal, you want to think about what is the what is the thing that happens on your website or, or a third-party platform's website that confirms that they bought a ticket or, or booked a consult with you or whatever you're trying to go after. And that becomes the conversion goal. And then put a, put a dollar amount to it, right? Like if you're selling tickets to an event and the ticket is $75 per person, and you know that if they hit a thank you page or a confirmation page uh, or, an, you know, here's your receipt page, you put that as your conversion goal, and then you put in the value $75. The reason why this is so satisfying is because now, if you put that value in, you go to your Google Analytics reports, and you can start to see things like how much money your organic social is making you compared to your paid ads. And I'm just going to say this as an example. I get a lot of pro event professionals, especially who do um, social and weddings, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, and weddings. Um, have a great 
blog and a great Pinterest game. And sometimes up to 50% of their traffic comes from Pinterest. And they contact me to do Pinterest ads. And I go in, I set up their goal. I said, let's, let's just get some data here. Set up their goal, put a dollar amount to it, wait for 30 days for it to cook so we can get the data. And I've never seen Pinterest make money because it's too top of funnel. What I see is I see these random little things like a random little uh, wedding blog or, uh, you know, Instagram, which people say like, nobody goes to my website from Instagram and you will only see maybe like 50 visits from Instagram compared to 4,000 from Pinterest. So now we're looking at some metrics and instead of just looking at traffic, we're looking at money, which I love to look at in Google Analytics. And now we can make that next best decision to either hire an Instagram channel manager for organic or invest money in Instagram ads and test those things out. I feel like that was, you just had a like an important nugget there for letting it cook for 30 days. That is something that, you know, Mary and I, neither of us say that we are you know marketers, but sometimes we have to wear the marketing hat, not just for our own businesses, but for events we work. And that is something I always say, you have to let it you got to try, like you have to let it simmer for a little bit or let it like your cook. I like your cook analogy, but let it go for a certain amount of days to see if it really is working. And I think that's such a, I don't know, 90 days feels like a nice, I feel like I could, I can wrap my head around that as somebody who's, who's quite busy, whether it's for my event or not. And I've seen, it's funny, my, my business has seen a lot of traffic from, I started a YouTube channel and um, I will say I'm guilty of probably not checking my Google analytics enough, but I do check my YouTube analytics because I love they do have a section a section that's like what your followers are searching. And you can just see the word like the phrases they've typed in. And that's helped me with thinking about content. Um, but that has vastly improved my SEO. And I've got, actually gotten some events that I find out later on that they found me through YouTube first. And then that led them to my website and, and social and things like that. Um, so it's just, it's always interesting that sometimes the content part really is, you know, important, if, even if you're not necessarily, a, you know, an on-screen speaker or a writer or something like that. It's interesting that those work. And I think, I think you make a good and important point. And I believe this very strongly that you don't have to be an analyst or you don't even have to like want to be in Google analytics to start getting some business insights, right? So I think it's perfectly reasonable for you to start with your YouTube analytics and then see where that leads to you, right? Because because you've just followed this format. Like you've looked at your YouTube analytics. You're like, oh, that's interesting. What are people searching for? They're searching for this. Um, you know, how am I going to leverage that? I'm going to use that to create content. What What is my next best step to make sure that content creation is the most successful based on this data? I'm going to hire an SEO. And in instead of like forcing Google analytics or ads or anything down anybody's throat, what I really want for the event industry is for people to just be able to think about their businesses better and make decisions better, make better business decisions. Because I see a lot of, especially after the great resignation, a lot of event professionals hiring one person after another, after another, to do either completely opposite contradictory things or to reinvent the wheel. And they're investing all this money into marketing contractors, but because they're not even asking some questions and thinking about like, wait, where can I get some answers? Um, they are wasting a lot of money. So honestly, I do, I love Google analytics. It's very powerful. I think everybody at some point when they start asking good database questions, they're going to 
use Google Analytics, but if you're just looking at YouTube and you're asking what content are people searching for, how can I better leverage that on my other uh, platforms, and then who do I need to hire to get support and help, that is all, all you need to do. Like, I love it. I love it. I love that you did that. We're always evolving. Thank you, Christy. <laughs> And that made me think of a question too, like with, like wh where would you say is a good place for someone who's listening to kind of start? So like, what if they don't have a website? I'm assuming like a website's a really, really great landing page. And maybe that's something that would be beneficial for them to have and then kind of go invest in the analytics. What would you say? Let me just climb up on my soapbox about the website. Okay. So I do meet, and, and this tends to be um, certain uh, segments in the wedding industry and also nonprofits that believe that they don't need a website. Nonprofits, sometimes they just feel like they can't afford a website. And, and that could be a resource thing for staffing, and it also could be a money thing. So I get it. So they rely on social media channels, particularly Instagram um, on the event side and, and uh, still Facebook on the, on the nonprofit side, funny enough. There's two problems with that. One, you obviously can't control algorithmic changes. And also you can't control if you get deplatformed for some random reason that's completely unfair. So all of a sudden, if that happens, you have zero presence. You're, you're, you have to rebuild from scratch in a hurry because your event is in three weeks. The second problem is social media channels are not very well organized. And so if you think that you're going to have your portfolio um, on Instagram and people are going to just like endlessly scroll through your profile feed, you're going to have to think again. So can you organize your highlights? Yes. But when people get into the vetting process, when they're thinking, should I go to this event? Should I hire this event professional? Sure. They could have started on social media, but eventually they're going to want a nice place to find answers to the questions they have that, that, lead them to make a, a decision to go to your event or to book you. And that's your website. It's nicely organized because you're a good host, you're a good event host. Um, and it answers all of the questions that they're going to have. Like what, what, if you're in a, you know, if you're having an event or a festival, when is it? random things like wh what do I bring? What's the weather going to be like? Where do I stay? Are there shuttles? Are there transportation things? All of the things that they need. Now, if you made them like scroll through your Instagram feed just to find out like what they need to do in order to enjoy your events, you're not going to get as many people interested as if you just organize it on your website. So you always want to have an, a website and then, you know, with a website, you install Google Analytics and you start to get all of those, those insights that are available. Also a pro tip, I get it. Not everybody, I don't even like being in Google Analytics. I, I build dashboards for, for myself and my clients that are beautiful and, and well-designed and intuitive because nobody wants to look at tables, endless tables. But if you don't have a dashboard, you want to do Google Analytics, you can also have uh, certain reports emailed to you once a week, once a month, whatever. And so then it just comes to your inbox. You're reminded of it. You could take a look at it and start making decisions. But for the love of everything in this world that's holy, please have a website. It's a good starting point. Um, and I know we'll link um, in our show notes too. I think um, there's some place that Google has about how just to add to your website 
to Google to link up to analytics. So we'll link that in there for folks who are just starting out. Um, Christy, this has been great, but I do have one more question before we kind of get into our, our wrap up. But what would your advice be for a uh, event pro business owner who has one hour a week to spend on their analytics? What would your advice be with that one hour? I would say the first hour that you spend is not in analytics. The first hour you spend is making a list of all of the questions that you have about your marketing and then putting a little check mark uh, next to the ones that you think the analytics are going to be able to help you answer. And then just go question by, spend your hour a week going question by question and, and playing around in analytics. You can make this as painful or as easy as possible. And I wanna liberate you from any, um, any thought that you might have that you have to be a certain way or a certain type of person or have a certain type of brain to do Google Analytics. Get your set of questions down and just put your adventurer explorer hat on and go into Google Analytics. What's going to happen is when you get stuck or if you have another question, you are one YouTube search away from finding that answer. There's so many great analysts on YouTube and on Google search and they have blogs and they can help guide you. But the idea is you have to have some clarity about what you want to ask Google Analytics it's like an Oracle, right? Like the Oracle of Delphi, you know, you have to go to the Oracle with a question. So go to the analytics with a question. If you get stuck, start searching. I love it. That is so helpful. We love tips and tricks. And that to me feels very tangible. I know I'm going to take that and try to do something with it. So thank you so much for that. And for all of your wonderful thoughts today, is there anything else that you want to add about Google Analytics that we haven't talked about? Last thing, and this is important, it's a little techie, um, Google Analytics is um, moving to what's called GA4, Google Analytics 4, and it's a completely different platform. And they just announced last month that they are um, shutting down Universal Analytics as of July 2023 and that they are only keeping historic data for six months. So if you have Google Analytics installed right now, it's probably universal analytics. You wanna make sure you also install GA4. GA4 is not completely fully developed yet and it's a little bit tricky to use. And so I would make sure that, I would I would work with both and see what suits you. Um, but you're, you're gonna be want, wanting to look at universal analytics, especially if you're used to it and you've been using it for a while, but make sure that GA4 is installed because Google Analytics only starts to collect data the moment you turn it on on your website. So turn on GA4 so you have that historic year over year data um, now. And if you have been running Google Analytics, install it. If you're new to Google Analytics, make sure you ins install both. Google's made it really simple. When you do that installation, they automatically install GA4 and they ask you if you wanna install the, the legacy universal analytics, but make sure that you're installing both right now as of 2022, summer 2022. Well, we wrote, I think Mary and I both have to do that. So that's a good action item for us. Um, where, before we let you go, Christy, where can listeners find you, follow you, learn more from you? So you can find me at mountainsidemedia.com. That's my website. And if you go there, I do have a download that's five, you know, analytics reports that you should be looking at um, in the, if you're in the event industry. So that just kind of breaks it down, gets you started with your first five reports that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. And then if you want to follow me on social, it's the abbreviation for mountain MTN. 
Side Media Co. And that's on all social platforms. So thank you. This has been awesome. We really, really appreciate your time. Um, So thank you so much for for being here. And we hope to chat with you soon. And maybe keep us accountable. We'll follow up with you and tell you how our analytics are going in a little while or something like that. So thank you so much. I love that. Thank you. All right, Mary, I think that's time for our bonus tip, which you have with us this week. I do. Yes. So our bonus tips, as you know, are sometimes random. And so today's is a little bit random, but I came across a kind of database, if you will, that Cvent, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with, they have kind of a, a, a database space where they list a bunch of venues. And this is great because not only does it list the venue, but it also talks about the specs and the sizes and the things that they offer. So this is just a really great free resource for you to use if you're trying to just start somewhere and look for a venue in some location. I didn't realize Cvent had them all listed, well, not all, you know, like a good portion of venues listed. And so it's a great place to start. So we will link that in the show notes so you can check it out in case you ever have that need. And that is our bonus tip for today. And uh, as always, we encourage you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And as always, we appreciate you listening and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Bye.